The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. Today we have episode 155. At the end of the episode, I will read the next section from Trying to Shabbat Grandma's House. Maybe a death scene. I don't know. Haven't looked. I don't know uh, if you guys deserve it or not. If you've been making good choices. Um, some cool stuff going on with that. Uh, there's a For all of April, it's only going to be 99 cents on TikTok. Yep. Start TikTok. If you guys are on TikTok, please follow me because I know no one on there. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I can use some support. I am going to try it out for the next 20 days. Uh, Derek and I are going to be giving the choices. I'll be giving the choices to try to die at Grandma's house. And Derek will be giving the death scenes. He wants you guys to die. He knows that you already read the book or you've heard it on here. You might already know the answers, but just listen to him anyhow because he really, really wants you to die. So make some bad choices. Uh, I'm pretty good at that. Actually, I had a talk with my daughter about that yesterday about how most of my life I've made a lot of terrible, terrible choices. Um, but that's a whole nother story. Anyhow, let's get to, um, I don't know what to get to first. Pretty excited about the TikTok thing. Oh, Derek is holding a book in his mouth because I will be reviewing that. That is Brian Asman's Jailbroke. Very funny book. Uh, I may be writing with Brian in the near future. Trying to die, I really hope so. We're trying to figure out what we would write about. Get that all nailed down. Uh, but very funny writer. We do a lot of uh, convention signings and stuff like that together. So uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, prices, prices, prices. All right, with pricing, I am trying something new, something different. I thought it'd be kind of cool. For each of the Try Not To Dies, while I am doing the TikTok things for that month, I will have that book on sale for 99 cents. So instead of just doing, you know, uh, free for a week or on sale for like five days, I'm just going to leave different books on sale for 99 cents. Right now, it is Bright Side, my baby. Is actually the German one, but that's cool too because that the German copy is also on sale for 99 cents or whatever it is in Euro. Um, and uh, so we got that in Grandma's house. All my other books, I drop prices as well. So I'm just keeping them all 3.99 or under. So that way, keep them all affordable. I don't want to mess around with a bunch of different sales and having to do promotions and all that shit. So I was like, I'm just gonna keep my stuff at a very affordable price um you know i don't want to go too low but because i have to make some money uh but yeah all of them are under that so except for trying to study books one through three that's 6.99 and then dark and disturbing also 6.99 but those will be um i think dark and disturbing is actually on sale right now for 3.99 so anyhow enough about all that that is a new strategy that is my new approach so for next month grandma's house 99 cents all right, let's do the reader questions, and then we'll get into the review. Reader questions this week. All right, the first one is from April. This is kind of a joke question because I asked people for questions. One example I gave was, why do I read at a first grader's speed? So she asked me that one. Thank you, April. Um, I'm a very slow reader. It's just I don't make enough time for it. Um, right now, I have a serious backlog of books to read. Uh, just read Brian's. I had read it. I'd started reading it before and set it down. I don't know why. Um, so just read that real quick. Uh, and it's a short one. Uh, Caitlin's book is next. I have like three other ones. And then I'm going to do Duncan Ralston's uh, Ghostland trilogy because we're talking about doing our setting our trend to die there. Um, 
So I have a lot of reading to do and I'm slow as fuck. Uh, usually my reading time is driving to, when I go to my kid's school, I get there like 15 minutes early. I always have a book with me. I read while I'm sitting there waiting. Felt a little bit weird reading womb at my kid's school. Uh, but luckily none of the other parents asked me what I was reading. Um, so I read then. Sometimes I read at night, but generally night is when I'm working and when I'm ready to turn things off. Um, and when I would normally read, I'm generally so high I, or, or tired, like I just pass out. So uh, I'm just not making the time. Sometimes I'll, I like to read in the sauna and that's cool. But then it's like, well, do I read or do I write, you know, or, or do I edit or do I? So there's so many different things. So reading is kind of a luxury. I got to get back into it. That's one reason why I'm switching to I'm not reading any nonfiction right now. I'm not messing with the brain stuff. I'm just going to read some fiction uh, right now. Everyone I'm reading is in the Horror Writers Association. I thought that'd be cool to uh, give them some love. And uh, yeah, so that is that. All right, April. That's why I read at first grade speed. Um, I could read fast, but I also want to enjoy it too. Um, with Brian's book, like I was going back, I was rereading lines. It was funny. There was a lot of really cool shit. So, uh, and it's nice as an author to be able to find that, to find writing styles that you enjoy. Uh, all right. That is why I read incredibly slow or I don't read very much. Um, her real question was, if you could choose, if you could interview one person in history, whom would you choose? I really don't know. I should have thought about this one. I read it last week and uh, or at the start of the week. And then um, I don't know. I don't really have a lot of interest in history, anything in the past, anyone. Uh, I'm sure there'd be some fascinating people, but what I really enjoy, the kind of conversations I really enjoy are just talking to someone and figuring out who they are, what they're about, having deep conversations with friends, um, you know, I, uh, I I don't talk about the weather. I don't talk about sports. I don't talk about, I don't care about any of that stuff. I'd rather just have a deep one-on-one -on -one conversation with a person, what their experiences were. I think a lot of people would be surprised by that too, because they might think, well, I don't have a very interesting life, but I enjoy, I was actually telling my daughter this as we we're going down the street the other day driving. I was like, I enjoy looking at people and trying to figure out what their story are, what their story is. And then it'd be a, I would love like going and talking to them like, okay, how did you get here? You know, what was your childhood like and stuff like that. So whether or not someone was famous, I don't know. I don't give a shit about famous people really. Uh, maybe some musicians, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, Ronnie James Dio or someone like that. Um, that'd be cool to interview, hang out with. Uh, but yeah, or maybe, you know, Roman emperors, some, I, no, I don't know. I'm just going to stick with that. Let's say, let's say Ronnie James Dio. I don't know. Um, someone influential in my early childhood years. All right. Paul Young, if you were offered the movie or TV series rights, would you take them? Thousand percent. Also, as you write your works, do you envision them ever being on the silver screen or several seasons on, on Netflix? I, for one would be hooked. Well, Paul, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I, dude, I appreciate all the support. I, uh, you're incredibly encouraging. Uh, it's often hard for me to see, uh, you know, to even say I'm a, a good author. So having people that really like my work, that um, help support me, uh, raise my confidence, I really appreciate that. Thank you, Paul, and everyone else. Um, but yeah, so I would, I don't write to see them, you know, as movies or on TV or whatever else, but when I'm envisioning 
stories. I mean, that's how they, that's how they're unfolding to me, you know? So um, that's, I'm visualizing the entire story. So it makes sense to see that on the big screen or on Netflix. Um, we're hoping to maybe, and maybe it will happen, uh, animated series. Uh, we did the Try Not to Die in Brightside animated clip. We would love to do an animated series with the interactive or as maybe even not animated, live action would be awesome too for Try Not to Die. But I really think with all the horror stories, I would love to do uh, Netflix. That would be amazing to have, um, you know, a combination of twisted reunion stories, Untold Mayhem. I think we could do a very, a, a long series. I think I'd be able to come up with a lot of short stories that would translate well for uh, Netflix. But I don't know if that's going to happen. I need to get an agent. Although I did have a great talk with an agent on Tuesday. She was very, very interested in trying not to die. I think it has incredible potential. Um, so we will be talking more about that next week. But the cool thing is, man, it doesn't matter what happens. I'm enjoying it. I'm, I, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm seeing the positive growth. Um, one of the messages I got today in yoga, one of the last things that was said, and it was a pretty hard workout, uh, but it was about being consistent, you know, consistency being key. And for both my workout partner and I, like it really hit us because at the start of the week, he was hurt, could have had to take off two days. I did some stuff on my own, but then we got back at it. We didn't really want to, but Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we did yoga and lifting. Um, and we ended on a super positive note. Um, he's losing his weight. I'm losing a little bit of weight. We're both, you know, feeling better, getting stronger, uh, seeing our lifts go up, all kinds of cool stuff. And it, but it's because we're being consistent. So it's not like we're going hardcore any one day, but because we're doing a little bit every day, you know, Monday through Friday, at least generally, uh, it's cool. And the same thing with counting the calories. I've been enjoying that. I've really been surprised. Um, I'm realizing I need less food than I had been eating. Uh, 2000 calories for me is plenty. Uh, that includes some little snacks and stuff like that. So uh, I like the changes. I like how I'm feeling. So I will continue to do that. I'll be consistent. And then after the end of the month, I'll be able to look at it and be like, okay, how do I feel? Where should I be? Okay, now I know what I can eat without even having to count the calories. I already kind of know. Um, so that that's that's awesome. Um, had an awesome hypnosis session yesterday um, after being molested by a bunch of cats that just wanted to be all over me. I had to do hypnosis at my sister-in-law's house, and they're not there, so their cats were lonely and just wouldn't leave me alone. But hypnosis was awesome. Went to really deep trance. Got some positive messages. Um, really enjoying that. Just in an overall pretty awesome place. Uh, bump, 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 bump. Were there any qu other questions? I don't think there were. No one gives a shit about me. That's all right. I'm used to it. It's kind of how my family feels sometimes. And that consistency, like it really, it, it came into play yesterday with uh, my talk with Glenn, the co-author of Trying to Die Death Fest. He was apologetic. He felt terrible that he didn't get any writing done this week, but he also lost his cat. His cat died. So I was like, dude, how could you even write? Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write, you know, um, uh, and I said, it doesn't matter. You know, I was like, we're, we're, we're moving forward. So we could take time off. I was like, I'm plugging away at it every day right now. You know, there's going to be a point where, um, you know, and that's what I was telling him. I was like, I kind of feel like I'm in charge of it right now. I need to move forward with this. I'm asking him different questions um, so I can figure out what he's seen and what these bands are like. He's going to like flesh out each of these bands that we're going to be seeing. And then I will give it back to him. And then, you know, then it's on him and then he'll start, chip, you know, chipping away at it. He'll be consistent on it. Um, but on right now, it's like, it's not important for both of us to be moving. I'm moving right now. It's like, we're both 
going in the right direction. We're going to get there. It's going to take a little bit longer than I had originally hoped. But if I'm enjoying the process, like, what does it matter? And at the same time, all these other books are being developed. So things are going well. Uh, feel very positive about the entire series. So whether or not I sell it to a big publisher or hold on to it, doesn't matter. Um, all right, let's get to a review. Let's do Jailbroke by Brian Asman. All right, uh, small book, uh, novella, quick read, super funny. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it because I'm not really a, a sci-fi type guy, but he said, you know, it's about robots and space, and but they eat people, which is pretty cool. This book is very violent, um, very, very graphic, which is awesome. Uh, I enjoyed it all. It's super funny. Uh, nice commentary on uh, our society. I especially liked the universal language piece at the end. I thought that was pretty brilliant. So check him out. His other book I just ordered, uh, Man, Fuck This House. Great name. Uh, how could it, you know, I was like, that, that's an awesome name. Awesome name for a book. He's doing incredibly well. I think earlier this week was like 200 on all of Kindle. So uh, pick that up. Uh, pick up Jailbroke. Check that out. And then cross your fingers for Try Not to Die with Brian Asman somewhere. Not sure where. I'm going to keep this super short. I really enjoyed the book. I think you will enjoy the book. If you like my kind of writing, like, and that's one thing I really enjoy. I love being able to read a book and not think, oh, I, I didn't like that, or that didn't make sense, or I would change that, or but it's like, no, I was able just to read it and enjoy it. Super cool writing style. I know it would blend incredibly well with um, Trying Not to Die. So I hope we can make that happen. I will let you guys know as soon as that is locked in. Um, I was going over the agent with how many other contracts I already have. I already have uh, 13, 13 or 14 that have already been paid that are already locked in. So this series is going to be a big series. Um, just give me some time. I need a little bit of time. But I think I could put out a good five. Let's do five books in the next two years. I think that is a good uh, a good goal to have. So, But I'm also going to make sure that they're good launches. Um and we'll see whether or not they're with a big publisher or I'm doing it on my own. Either way, it will be cool. Either way, I think you will enjoy it. So that is that. All right, people, let's get to the good stuff. Well, I don't know if it's the good stuff. You may not even give a shit about this. You don't want to hear me read. You could read yourself. But I'm going to do it anyways. Where were we? Try not today, Grandma's house. Remember, 99 cents. That's like four cents a death scene. How can you beat that? All right, trying not to die at grandma's house. In the last scene, you were drugged by your grandma, who hasn't been, right? Um, you're afraid of them coming back. You know that they have a gun. Uh, you're trying to leave. Sam is screaming, David, are you coming or not? So your choices were follow Sam down the stairs or make a run for it and find Charlie. Let's say make a run for it and find Charlie, I guess. I don't know. It's been a while. I don't even know the correct answers. Crazy. All right, it takes me three tries to grab the knob on the front door. I have to squint and slow my breath before I can actually open it. I stumble out onto the front porch. I think Sam's behind me, but if I turn to look, I'm pretty sure I'll fall. I just wish I could see if Grandma and Grandpa are in sight. The trees and yard are one big swirling blur. I try to focus on my feet, plodding one in front of the other. Where are you going? Sam asks. I think she's wondering what the plan is, but I soon realize I'm back at the porch. I've simply looped around the yard and wound up back at the house. I shake my head. I need to pull it together. 
We've got to get to Charlie's, I say. We don't even know where he lives. It can't be far. We just need to go onto the road. Sam checks to see if the coast is clear. She then leads me down the driveway and we sneak into the trees, walk alongside the dirt road. There's no telling where we'll end up, but at least we're getting away from our grandparents' home. With each step, my head begins to clear a little. I can see further and I'm regaining my balance. We start trudging up a steep hill. Sam says, look, smoke. It's coming from the top of a chimney about a half mile away. We keep moving until we see the house and a barn. Charlie and his dad, a raggedy looking man, are loading up the back of a truck with what looks to be jugs. Charlie closes the tailgate and the two hop up on the front. We're at least 50 yards away from them when they drive off. Sam and I scream for them to stop, but they're gone. I look down the hill and it seems the road winds around for a bit. If we go through the trees, we might be able to cut them off. Come on, I say, and take off running as best as I can. Sam is a lot faster and more agile, and she clears a big log, which takes me a while to get over. David, hurry. Forget me, just go and stop them. Clouds pass overhead, causing the sunlight to vanish and reappear. It's giving me a headache, but I see the road up ahead. I see Sam about to reach it. She's going to beat the truck. Go! I scream and keep moving, but I'm not long. <clears throat> but I'm no longer trying to run as hard. Sam's done it. The truck has taken the corner just as Sam hits the road, but the truck isn't slowing. It's swerving. I see Charlie's dad through the trees. He's not paying attention to the road. His head's down like he dropped something. Sam's waving her arms and jumping up and down. Truck's picking up speed. Sam! But my voice is drowned out by the screeching brakes. Charlie's dad finally sees Sam. The truck slams into my sister. She doesn't fly back like I expect. Her body is too short. She simply crumples under the truck. I can't see her. I just see the truck bouncing up a little. I hear the crunching sounds of her bones under the tires. Charlie's dad finally stops. He gets out and behind him is just a bloody mangled pile of what used to be my sister. Nice job. All right, you killed your sister. Let's do the correct one. Follow Sam down the stairs. Duh. All right, here we go. Correct answer. I expect a creak when I step into the darkness, but the basement stairs are stone. My sneakers scrape across each step. I told Sam to follow me, but I wish I hadn't. Even when I'm not drugged, she's less clumsy. I feel her hand gripping the back of my shirt. I don't know how far these stairs go down. My hand fills along the rock wall. I fumble for a light switch, but there's nothing. It's just cold and rough, almost like a cave. Sam was supposed to leave the door open a little to give us some light, but two steps down, the door closed. It must be on springs. The only sounds are our steps and breath, but I'm afraid of what might be down here. The creatures, the slugs, and Tim's drawing. Grandma said they only come out at night, but it's completely dark down here. My foot slips. Sam yanks me back. I have one hand on the wall and the other in front of me, flailing, searching for the inch of this descent. I'm just about to tell Sam to turn around that this was a stupid idea, but my finger bangs against a rock. We're at the bottom. Sam lets go of me. I tell her to help me find a light switch. After a few seconds, there's a little click. A low buzz fills my ears. I worry Sam accidentally set off an alarm, but fluorescent lights flicker across the ceiling. The basement is bigger than I expected. I guess I thought it'd be a sad little room filled with grandma, Grandpa's old army pictures and medals. I figured there'd be dust and clutter, not an immaculate lab. White tiled floors, gleaming metal tables, microscopes, a huge bookshelf of red binders, each meticulously labeled. Everything in its place, especially the dissecting tools. The blades look sharp enough to cut through bone. Above a long metal table, chains with huge hooks dangle down from the ceiling. The chains run along a track. 
The place suddenly looks more like a high-tech torture chamber. Is this why Grandma drugged me? I picture Grandpa standing over our sleeping bodies, carving into our chest. Weird, Sam says. She walks over to a row of long shelves. There's dozens of glass jars. Each one is filled with liquid. It must, <clears throat> it must be formaldehyde because each jar contains a floating slug. Sam reaches out. Don't. They're dead. Just don't. I picture the slugs burrowing into nostrils and mouths. We should go. I notice cages lining the back wall. There are bunnies and birds, a small pig and a dozen mice. Some are sleeping. Others just stare out through the tiny bars. They must be sedated because not, not one makes a sound. Sam says, we need to find his keys. Can't believe I already forgot why we came down here in the first place. I look around, but I just see more knives and notebooks. Sam opens drawers, searches inside, slams them shut. We're making too much noise. If Grandpa and Grandma come back, I doubt we'd even hear them. The lights are starting to give me a headache. Sam screams. She's in the corner of the room, standing in the front of the aquarium. Inside is one of the creatures. The black shell looks almost metallic under the fluorescent lights. The creature jitters back and forth and swings its razor-tipped tail. It scrapes against the glass. There are hundreds of little slashes where it's tried to break free. Glass is thick. Still, I pull her back as the creature's jaw is open wide, the needle teeth dripping with some sort of silver ooze, venom. But seeing the creature trapped gives Sam courage. The creature snaps its jaws, showing her what to do if free, but Sam simply flips it off. Come on, let's go, I say. Before I can pull her away, I notice a small TV monitor on a desk. The video is from a surveillance camera. Grandpa and Grandma are driving across the lawn in a little flatbed truck. They roll up to the side of the house. Grandpa gets out and walks to the storm doors. He bends over. I can't see what he's doing, but I hear a series of beeps. Something unlocks. It's coming from the other side of the huge steel door across the room. On the monitor, the storm doors are automatically opening. Come on, we have to hide, I whisper. Grandpa drives the little truck through the opening. They're going to be here any second. The lights are on. They're going to see. I run over to a switch and flick them off. Complete darkness. I whisper for Sam to come to me. I hear her breathing and the creature's tail scrape against the glass. David, Sam's voice squeaks out, her confidence gone in the blackness. I move toward her, finally feel her arm. She starts to scream, but I cover her mouth. The storm doors are closing. The flatbed engine is still running. I can't tell what direction I'm facing. Which way are the stairs? Something slides against the steel door. They're unlocking it. The lights flicker just as the door begins to roll open. I see the stairs, but to make it, we'll have to cross in front of the opening door. Sam yanks my arm and pulls me behind something covered by a white canvas tarp. It's at least 10 feet tall and just as wide. It's like a giant donut. From the back, I see the edge of the shiny metal ring. The whole thing is wrapped in copper coils. The flatbed backs into the room. I push Sam down to keep us hidden as it stops by the long metal table. Suddenly, there's a vile stench. It smells like wet dog and day-old diarrhea. The flatbed's engine shuts off. The snorting growl cuts through the silence. Chains rattle. Metal clasps snap. Sam look, leans the peak, but I pull her back. My heart's thumping so loud I fear they'll hear it. Why did we have to run down here? They were gone. We should have run. Found Charlie. Anything but this. Chains roll over metal. They're being pulled taut. Grandpa Joe grunts. Just a little more, Grandma says. Okay, good. A heavy thud lands on the metal table. A little whimper follows. Silence, then a snoring growl. You sure you hit him clean? Grandma says. He's out, and if he wakes... The jingle of chains. A drawer slides open. There's a soft pop followed by a flick against metal. I 
can't take it. I peek and I see Grandma with a syringe, a five-inch needle. She drives it into the side of the beast, draws out blood and fluid. The deep gashes in the beast's raw patches of skin look infected. It's like he's been attacked. I don't think it was by my grandparents, though. Grandma pets the beast's head. It twitches and she jerks back. Its eyes are closed, but I can see the eyeballs flittering under its lids. It's dreaming or reliving something. Its lips curl and reveal the fangs. I press my butt against the wall, try to control my breath, close my eyes and, as if I can somehow send myself back to sleep and then wake up somewhere else. Sam tugs my sleeve. She looks over at the open still door. She wants to run. But I can see the monitor. The storm doors are shut. I have no idea how to open them. If we can't get out, who knows what Grandpa and Grandma will do. I shake my head no, but Sam's insistent. I point at the storm doors. Finally, she gives up, but her frustration is making her jitter. I place my finger to my lips, hoping she'll calm down. The beast is beginning to stir. It's moaning. He's getting worse, Grandma says. I know. You shouldn't have left him out last night. We didn't have a choice. They stand there silently for a few seconds. Then another syringe drives through the beast's flesh. Slowly, the moans fade. Why don't you check on the kids? I need to put the truck back in the barn. It's going to be dark soon. I know how the sun works, Barb. Don't take that tone with me. Grandpa tells her he'll be back soon and drives a flatbed through the sliding steel door. Grandma closes it behind him and heads up the stairs, flicks off the light. We're alone in the dark with a snoring beast. What do we do? Sam says. I hear the storm doors open as the flatbed drives out. When the doors close, I have no idea what to tell her. Part of me wonders if the metal ring might offer a way out. All right. Time to make a decision. Do you find the light switch and figure a way to unlock the storm doors? Seems like a good idea. Get to the stairs and try to sneak back up before grandma suspects anything. Eh. Or investigate the huge metal ring. All right, lots of choices. Make it yourself. Follow me on TikTok at author Mark Tullius. That would be awesome. Enjoy Derek talking about some death scenes and shit like that. And, uh, have an incredible weekend. Thanks again for listening. I do really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, have an awesome week, and I will talk to you later. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.